So I have a story to tell. It's quite interesting. I'm just trying to buy a home for my family. I have a beautiful wife, two daughters, one seven, one two years old. I'm looking for houses, my wife and I, on the internet, trying to find different homes to buy in the southwest part of Chicago. My mom was free one time and she wanted to go look at a house with me and I decided to drive out with her to look at a house. And we're searching and we're not quite sure about the address. All right, we see the house, we think that's the house. And so we're looking at it for a little while, looking back at our notes, trying to figure out if this is the correct house. As we're doing this, a woman drives by in a house. She was going at a decent speed initially. As she drove by, she started to slow down. And she started to stare in the car. And she's looking at my mom and I, and she's staring pretty hard. So we kind of look back. We're not quite sure what's going on. She drives by, pulls into her garage, and stays there for about a minute. My mom and I kind of tripped on her just a little bit, but we started to look back at the house. Then about a minute later, she comes back, knocks on the window. Kind of surprised us because we didn't know that we were going to be hit uh, by a knock on the window at that time. So my mom rolls down the window and she says, um, oh, hello, how are you doing? I'm sorry uh, for staring earlier. I thought that you were here to pick up my son's friend. And so she talked a little bit uh, about the neighborhood. And I said, no, 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 no. We're just here to look at this house. He said, oh, that's fine. That's a great house. And it's probably going to sell quick. So if you're going to try to get this house, you probably need to make some moves on it uh, very soon. And she said, this is a great neighborhood. And she said, and we said, okay, thanks, thanks. We, we, we exchanged pleasantries. And then she went back to her, her house. And I started looking at this. I'm like, okay. But she's staring at this, at this car and these two folks in this car because we were African-American. And then she felt guilty and came back out and said something. Or am I paranoid? Was she, was she really looking for somebody to pick up her son's friends? And that's the focus of what I want to talk about. I just want to buy a home. Okay? Now, here's some things why I may have been a little paranoid about this. All right. I don't know if you guys have heard of a term called white flight. White flight is a situation where there are people in a neighborhood who decide to move out because folks would come in that they may not feel, be comfortable with for a lot of variety of reasons that could, that, could be, that could happen. It could be a little bit more complicated than what I'm talking about here, but this is where my mindset is coming from. Okay, Because I have a history of understanding what this is all about. When I was in grade school, I went to a grade school called St. Arthur Reed on the south side of Chicago. When I first got there, it was about 50% black, 50% white. Uh, I got there in third grade. By the time I was eighth grade, it had turned to about 90% black and 10% white. And I had black and white friends at the beginning, and I lost a lot of my white friends, and they were gone. Same thing happened when I went to Luther South High School. When I first got there, my class was 50% black, 50% white. By the time I was a senior, it was about 65, 35, and our class had kind of dropped in size. But the year that came before me, it came after me, was about 60% black, 40% white. The year after that was about 70%, 30%, 80%, 20%. And when I visited uh, recently, it was pretty much 100% African American. Okay, so I've seen that. My old neighborhood, 
Grew up on the south side of Chicago, 84th and Walcott near Damon. Same situation. Moved there. It was about 50-50. A few years, those numbers changed to the point where it became almost 100% African-American. There were a few families that, as I heard someone else say, got left behind. Okay? So these are some of my experiences. You guys may not know, 87th and Western, back in the 80s, it was a dividing line. Blacks on this side, whites on that side. You didn't cross that line without there being some trouble that was going to happen. That was just the understanding of what we uh, had to go through during those times. Now you can understand my sense of paranoia when that woman drove by and was staring at my, at, at my car. I'm wondering what's going on. White flight happens because folks are not happy with new folks moving in. And here's the problem that I have. No one wants to live where they're not wanted. No one wants to have that feeling of not being wanted. I don't want my daughters to be in a situation where they have to go and deal with teachers who may have some of the same philosophies that I feel that was present when I was looking for a home. And I want my daughters to have to deal with classmates that may have philosophies that were passed down by their parents. The question is, am I paranoid? Do I look at the world and see life through a smeared Polaroid? You're damn straight I do. My Polaroid has been smeared for over 400 years. Let me explain. I see a lot of good in this world, but I know the odds are stacked against me. I see stuff on a daily basis that the color of my skin allows me to see. Or am I making this stuff up in my head? Has racism been eradicated? Is racism dead? Oh, you think so? Are you serious? This historical relationship we've had is so mysterious. The psychological destruction of the Negro mind makes me delirious. This goes way back. I don't mean to attack, but my reality is different because I am black. I see the world differently than you. If you're not an American whose roots are from Africa, you probably have no idea what I'm talking about. You've been living in a world where you have all the clout, and it's my own fault when I get left out. Well, I played by the rules. Went to school, gave up my cool to be a responsible citizen. And then again, I'm still a black man in America. Am I paranoid? Damn straight I am. I heard a story of my grandfather, a Baptist preacher, respected by all the black folk. He was no joke, working three jobs and still living broke. He preached on Sunday, built homes on Monday, landscaped every day, the epitome of a man in every way. But the powers that be had a way of trying to steal your dignity, took pride from many in most towns in every city. Let me give you a, uh, an example of a story I heard. Came from an aunt, still troubled by her words. Ku Klux Klan would have town parades. Black folks were ordered to cut off their lights and pull their shades. Old Reverend Phillips, my granddaddy, said his kids need to study. Knew he might get bloody, but he said he needed his lights on. They pulled him outside where he was all alone. Finally, a town friend said, that's Reverend Phillips. He's a preacher and leads a Christian home. Five minutes later, 
the Klan had moved on. That town friend from the Ku Klux Klan? Oh man, those days were rough. Am I paranoid? Damn straight I am. I'm not an angry black man. And those who know me know that is the truth. I'm just not an angry black man. I've had a lot of opportunities to have success. I'm also not an Uncle Tom. And if you guys don't know what that is, we can explain that to you later. I've had the advantage of a good education. I've had a chance to get a college degree and an advanced degree. I've been teaching here for over 21 years and in other institutions. I have a beautiful wife. There was my two daughters. I have a good extended family. They gave me some insight and different ideas about how the world would, would work. But see, I have a different type of history that kind of just affects the way I go about my business and understand the world. My grandfather was a preacher. He raised five daughters and two sons. And he had a number of experiences that were told to me, some by him when I was younger, but many by my, my aunts and uncles and so forth, about him having to drive on rural roads a number of times. One time he's been, put, he's been run off the road a number of times. He got pulled out of his car one time, was hit in the head with a hammer. And I was heard a story about a time where the car would not work. Something, the car broke down. They had to pull over to the side. And a car came behind him with trouble in mind. Lights bright. And what, all he could do, he had four of his daughters with him at the time. There was a hill over on the side. And he told them to get out the car because he knew about his experiences and go up that hill and stay until everything was safe. And so he had the confrontation, and what I heard from one of my aunts was that there was some pushing and so, so forth, but for whatever reason, they got back in their car and drove off. I've had situations where, as a football player, and I was pretty good, by the way, but every time I played, I ran a, uh, the ball against a certain high school that's in our area. I won't name that high school, but I remember this very vividly. Every time I was tackled, I was called the N-word. Every time I was tackled. I ran right, got tackled, called the N-word. Run left, got tackled, called the N-word. Scored a touchdown, called the N-word. Now, to be fair, one of my teammates, who happened to be white, was one of the first ones that stepped up and got into a little pushing match with the other team. And I did hear somebody on the other team say something to his teammates and told them to shut up. However, he was in a minority, and his voice was silenced after about the first 10 minutes, of, about the first five minutes of the game, actually. I've had situations where I had to deal with cars driving by the bus stop. I'm coming home from after practice. I just want to catch the bus and go home. Two or three of us, guys would come up, call the N-word. Sometimes they got out the car with sticks and stones. Sometimes we fought. Sometimes we didn't because there were 10 of them and maybe three of us. And so those experiences that I've went through, just standing on the bus stop a lot of times, cars didn't maybe stop. They just yelled the word out when you're trying to get, just catch the bus to go home. These are my experiences. Another thing, I think I uh, was introduced as the head coach of women's basketball. When I first got hired as a coach, a lot of the new co a lot of coaches in the area did not know who I was. So I'm sitting here as the new head coach, and my assistant is new, who happened to be white, much younger, and in sweats many times, uh, or very, more, very casual clothes. I'm in a suit and tie. Almost 
every single one of those coaches would walk by me and go to this to my assistant as the head coach. There was no racist intent. It was just a mindset, but I had to be the one that dealt with this. Do you begin to understand why I may have a little paranoia? Now I want to move into a home, whether it's in Orlin or Tinley or Makina or Frankfurt. And I noticed the neighbors are just looking at me a little differently. I noticed sometimes when the sellers were there, many times the house would be empty, but when the sellers were there, I noticed that they were looking at me a little differently. I don't get the same look when I'm at the mall, maybe a little different than the look that some of you may get. But I don't get the same look at the gas station. It still may be a little bit a different look than some of you may get. But I don't get the same look at Wendy's. White flight, white flight. The evidence is real. I'm not making this stuff up. I just want to be able to walk out of my house and be able to get the newspaper and have a comfort level. That's all I want. Am I paranoid? Damn straight I am. I just can't walk into a home with a pure desire to buy. I got to let everyone know I'm not like the other black guy. You know, the one you see on TV that is acting so crazy. The one on TV that's loud yet lazy. The one that's cussing on the housewives of Atlanta and getting a little racy. The ones on TV that won't take care of his baby. Just maybe. I can get them to see me as Bill, Tom, or Gary. You know, a responsible citizen. Pull your boots up, pull your bootstraps up. You know what I mean. That kind of guy who overcame the odds and rose to the top like coffee cream. You know, a good Negro. Fuck that. I ain't no sellout. I ain't walking different. I ain't talking different to ease his doubt. I'm not smiling shucking and jiving to prove my clout. Hope this is not a moment when keeping it real goes wrong. I may not be working here very long. <laughs> oh, damn. The angry black man strikes again. I can't win. I just want a home with a master suite, a sweet kitchen, and a den. Am I paranoid? I don't know. Just having an honest conversation with a friend, I was asked, why do you want to live with white people? Why don't I just stay with my own? I'm not trying to live with white people. I want a home in an area with a great school for my daughters. Politics don't trump what's best for my little girls. Like a good father, I want to give them the world. I want a home in an area that's close to my parents as we all get a little older. I want a home that's reasonably close to my wife's job, especially when it gets colder. I want a home where neighbors cut their grass. Yes, I do cut my grass, in case you were wondering. I'm not meticulous, but I do have some class. I want a home where neighbors are clean. I want a home where I can just be me. I want a home in the southwest area of Chicago. Why does everything have to be so complicated? Am I paranoid? I just want to buy my family a home. That's it.